0: I'm going to be interviewing Jessica Kent. She's a a former ex-felon herself, so this is going to be a real interesting interview. Before I get started, check out our membership programs on Patreon, YouTube, and please join the Action Crew, because this is the stuff we're going to try to help with. We're going to try to change lives. Now, let's get right to the interview, everybody. Let me introduce Jessica. Hey, Jessica.
1: Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I know you rarely do this, so I'm very honored to be here.
0: Yeah, you know, I like to interview people who are interesting stories. Not only interesting stories that align with what I do—prison reform and and helping people who are behind bars—or have a story. And your story is amazing. Why don't you give a, a quick uh, little little recap of what you're doing and where you came from, and a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. So I can talk about myself forever, but I um, am from upstate New York. I grew up in a really poor area in upstate New York, and. I was a really troubled kid. I was constantly getting in trouble. And from the age of 14 to 28, I was on some form of supervision, whether that was probation or parole. Um, And it started young. I'm a recovering drug addict. So for me, I partied. I partied really hard. And that, over time, led to a heroin addiction and then a meth addiction. So for almost a decade, I was a really, really bad active user. I was also a drug dealer. So there's a lot of twists and turns in my story. And at that point in my life, I thought, only oh, the good die young. It's fine if you die at 25, as long as you live it up. You know, I had this very weird sense of, I'm gonna burn this down, <laughs> you know? Um, and I thought there was nothing wrong with that. I, I was really arrogant, selfish, uh, violent kid. And you know, I, I had a lot of growing up to do, which um, it's funny, I ended up going to prison again. And this time it's different. When you say again,
0: you mean- you went twice or? Yeah. I, I mean, besides getting many arrested, a lot of drug offenders oh, uh, yeah, me... usually are. I, we call it doing life on the installment program, you know, yes. going back and forth.
1: Right, so when I caught my first case, I was almost 17. It was criminal sales of controlled substance. A kid over, a kid overdosed and almost died. Luckily, he did not die. And that should have been a wake-up call. You know, like, this is dangerous what you're doing. You're putting your own life at risk, other people's lives at risk, but it wasn't. You know, I, I was very mean to him. He ended up getting a restraining order on me because I threatened his life. Um, and I, I had no respect for anything, the law, other people, myself. And at 22, I got arrested in Arkansas, which I couldn't even point that out on a map when I went there.
0: I was I was in prison in Arkansas, Far City, Arkansas. <gasps> Were I was you really? In prison there, yeah.
1: Different world down there.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, it sure is.
1: So I get arrested for uh, delivery of meth and uh, simultaneous possession of drugs and a firearm and possession with intent. Now I'm going back, you know, and. I didn't go alone. I was actually pregnant when I got arrested, and I had no idea that I was pregnant. So I remember this jail nurse telling me like, that's why you don't feel good sweetheart, you pregnant, you can go back. And I'm like, uh, you got me confused with somebody else. <laughs> I'm not pregnant. I was in complete denial of that. But over time, you know, I didn't just gain a little bit of commissary weight, <laughs> I was definitely pregnant. Um, and that was a whole different ball game for me. I was, for the first time in my life, afraid, you know, afraid for my sentence, what I was going to go through, what my unborn child was going to have to go through. Um, And I was, for nine months, in danger, you know, because you never know what other people are going to do. And I had enemies, but I also had friends, so I was very fortunate that I had people that had my back during that time. But she was born while I was in prison. I ended up getting a five-year sentence, and Arkansas makes you serve 50% of your time or third it doesn't make sense. That's I can't lucky. even
0: I mean the fed, the feds are 85.
1: Right. I was I was very I was very grateful for that, but at the time I was bitter, you know, because I have to I have to raise a child. <laughs> what do I do? You know, and growing up in New York, I knew of a program in Bedford Hills where you ca- you can keep your baby. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the case all across the country. You know, there are very few programs for mothers and babies. So when I had my daughter, um, I was chained to a bed. I had her for 24 hours, and then the doctor came in and said, I'm going to give you another 24 hours. That was a gift. That was a precious gift. And I think the doctor kind of smiled at me when I'm like, I can't take Percocet because they were offering me Percocet. I'm like, I just had a baby, I'm a drug addict. Give me ibuprofen and some really strong coffee. If y'all got espresso, I'm gonna need that espresso. You know, because I have to stay awake for 24 hours. I have to hold this baby and stare at her and and enjoy the 24 hours that I have. So when they said, I'm gonna give you another 24 hours, I mean, I was so grateful and just, I wanted it to last forever. Um, She was the cutest little thing I had ever seen. And it was that moment that I decided, you're done. You need to hang up your hat. You need to retire. No more selling drugs. No more doing drugs. No more running around the country acting like a fool. You're done. You have just retired.
0: And how um, old are you at this time?
1: I was twenty-three 22? when she was born. So that's young. Wow. You know. Um, so,
0: so a couple of questions, obviously. Sure. Amazing story. First of all, uh, I want to congratulate you. I mean, a lot of people. I also talk about drug addiction. I've done every drug in the book. You name it, I've done it. Never become an addict. I have that personality. That's not wow. addictive personality like that. Uh, I controlled it. I didn't. I didn't let it control me. Obviously, you know, most addicts do. But I often talk about a, a life-changing event. And let me give you what I mean. Everybody's different. Uh, I teach about uh, about this on the road when I do speaking engagements. Every person's different. Meaning this, a, one person could be driving down the street and almost hit somebody while they're high get home, be shaken and say, I'll never do drugs again. They hit a bottom. Another person gets arrested, spends a night in jail, says, man, fuck this, I'm never doing drugs again. He hit a bottom. Then you get a person like Larry Lawton who went to prison, was facing life. I ended up getting four 12 year sentences, but I ended up facing life. I still didn't hit my bottom until I was in the hole and a friend of mine hung himself and killed himself and mm-hmm. told me he was going to do it. So I hit my bottom there. Everybody hits their bottom somewhere, Jessica. Obviously, you hit your bottom realizing, wow, this is my daughter. This is my daughter, my flesh and blood. And, and, and I know I have two children. Now I have two grandchildren. And my grandson is four or before, and my granddaughter just turned two. So, it's like, you know, you live for those and now obviously you're doing very well. Uh, I want to just say before I ask some more because I'm proud of you. I think it's really, really uh, uh, admirable that everybody goes through ups and downs. Listen, I deal with people all over the world. And when you hear one person, I said, listen, everybody could have went to prison. Everybody makes mistakes. I don't care who you are. I was at a function and someone says, oh, you know, big crowd, about 300 people. Someone raises their hand and says, oh, I would never go to prison. I said, let me ask you a question. Have you ever drove 20 miles an hour over the speed limit? And they go, well, maybe passing someone. I said, if you hit somebody and kill them, that's vehicular homicide over 20 miles an hour. You're going to jail. You're going to be my cellie. Now, are you a bad person? No. You made mistakes. You, you got caught up with drugs or whatever you did in our lives. And I don't ever, and I don't see you doing it. I don't ever make excuses for who I was. But I try to help people realize, listen, there's a better way. Now, I know this is a tough question. I don't t- like to ask uh, to, to women. How old are you now?
1: I'm 31.
0: Wow. And everybody healthy? Everybody uh, in good shape? You, uh, are you in a relationship? Did, did the dad stay with the baby?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. He has struggled with addiction. And he also went to prison that same day. Uh, and well, jail and then prison, y'all know how it goes, but yeah. his addiction, <laughs> his addiction, but... huge, massive, um, yeah. side note, county jail is a million times worse than prison in my personal experience.
0: <laughs> well, but, it depends on where you're at. And what true. Prison. If you're Hours Rikers. I maximum security prisons. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And maximum security. Me too. Go ahead.
1: Um, but his addiction never stopped. Um, You can find drugs in prison, in every prison in America, so his addiction, unfortunately, he never got better, and he's now facing about five more felonies today, so he's still struggling, Um, but I found a man, (laughs) y'all, I found a really good man, and I've been with him for seven years, and that is my daughter's father. You know, he stepped up and he's so good. He's so great. And we've been blessed with a second daughter. She is four. And that second kid gives zero Fs about anything. The second one will try you. <laughs>
0: you could curse on this. On my channel, you could curse. So don't worry about that. It's oh, not cool, like cool. We're, we're, we're dropping F bombs. But, uh, you know, you, you understand. But I got to respect you for what you did coming out and now having two great children. And I often tell this. I said, people who went through adversity like you have. Become a lot stronger and a lot better person, a lot better mom, and a lot better educator. Because really, I consider you an educator. When I looked you up, Jessica, my son had found you, I guess, or you found me. I didn't know mm-hmm. how it worked. And he says, "Lad, Dad, he goes, you'd really like this girl. She's really changed her life, and and she has a YouTube channel, and and I think we could help her, and you know, tell her story, and make and and do good, and try to help other people who're making those choices. Somebody's sitting home right now." who's listening to this uh, podcast or a video, like on yours or mine, and they change their life. You know, they say, I get a lot of emails of people who Larry, you've helped me through depression, or you've helped me. I haven't did a drug since talking to you. And, and it, it's very heartwarming. I get the assholes too, Jessica. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the people who, you know, hey, you're an you're ex-con, you fucking people should be, jail yeah, forever. I get those. But you know what? They got to live their own life. We have to forgive ourselves. So now... Let's get back to your little story here. Uh, You got a great story, number one. I'm really happy for you. And your husband, obviously, and the two children. I got great parents, I'm sure. What are you doing now? Obviously, you're doing YouTube. Are you working, are you?
1: Just to back up a little bit, you mentioned my strength, and the truth of it is, you don't know how strong you are until being strong is the only option you have. You know, um, it took a lot to get to where I am today, just mentally, not the physical stuff outside, but mentally. You know, it took years in my sobriety to even get comfortable in my own skin. And I think when people are pulling themselves out of that, they get frustrated at times because it's like, I feel, I don't feel good. Mentally, I'm not, I'm not okay. So for me, I was using drugs for a long time. I didn't know how to handle my emotions. I didn't know that I have depression and anxiety because I self-medicated that from 13 to 23, you know? And, and that down. was
0: tough. Yeah, depression, PTSD, um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. When my daughter was born in prison, that was the first time I realized like this, I am, something's wrong. I had extreme postpartum depression and PTSD from being ripped out of that hospital room. Uh, I spent a couple of weeks in the infirmary and I have like fleeting moments of the correctional officers trying to talk to me when I was coming back through intake. I don't really remember what they said. I don't remember hearing We're going to get into said. that in
0: one second because okay. we're going to get into the whole prison experience here. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to get where you're at now. Oh. Do you have you have urges do you have uh, I mean obviously addiction is a lifelong thing and I, I was telling you you know before we did the interview here I, I was off camera telling you about how I was lucky about not having that addictive personality yeah. per se do, do you find the urges do you ever like you know this things rip at you and you know you have to fight it because you know now you got two lives that you're really responsible for that it's just amazing to see. I mean, people out there and young people watch our podcasts are going to realize, wow, is it like, yeah, it, it's a feeling like you can't even explain, I tell people. Yeah. So.
1: For me... I- I I am triggered by certain things. What is weird about my triggers is one of them is cash. (laughs) So I don't like having cash (laughs) in my hand because I I was a drug dealer. I had a lot of cash, you know, so I don't like cash, which is odd, but my depression is my biggest trigger. So I have to keep my mental health in check because if I don't, everything else falls apart. You know, so it's been eight Mm -hmm. years now. My daughter's eight. I'm eight years sober. Um, It's easier. The first few years, it was so hard because life was just throwing me tons of obstacles and I had to respond to them in the correct way. That was the hardest for me. Now I wouldn't say that I have urges, but I definitely get overwhelmed with stress and depression and anxiety and that is typically where my brain is just like the drug addict mentality tries to creep in. And I have a good support system, which is what I would recommend to anyone that's struggling with addiction. I voice that I'm struggling. I let my boyfriend know, like, y'all, you need to take the kids, I'm going crazy. I just need a minute to myself. I need to, you know, take care of my mental health, take care of my physical health, and then, you know, I can do better.
0: Uh, and Uh, obviously you're getting that support because you and i both know it's easy you know when i first got out it would have been easy for me to dip back into crime oh yeah because i was a very successful criminal i mean made 15 18 million i mean my my whole life was a big big success in the crime world but you're always looking over your shoulder i don't have to tell you about the drug business or the crime business because you were in it you know a lot of people ask me they go laugh you know you weren't ever into drugs but what do drug people have relating with you and i said they were criminals and, and, and they don't understand what I mean by that. They go, no, they were addict. No, no. Trust me, if you're a drug into drugs, you're a criminal because you're doing something to get that money. You're doing something to get the, you know, su- support that habit because you just can't do it. I don't care how much money you have. If you're, you will go through it. I've seen people blow businesses, million dollar businesses, mm-hmm. because of drugs. Uh, did you go through any like? Uh, before we get into the prison part of it, when you had your kids, you got off it. Was there any help group, whether it's uh, you know, an you know, or Narcotics Anonymous (NA) or any of them that helped you, or was it just your inner fortitude?
1: So that decision was made in prison. Um, I knew that I, I was done. I was going to quit, no matter like by any and all means necessary. I don't attribute my sobriety to NA. Um, I was court mandated to go to NNA NA, and I just kind of have that personality where if you're forcing me into something, I'm not going to be too happy about I'm it. I'm the same
0: way. I'm not a big believer in those. I really am not. Not that they don't work for some people. And I they, always say they that. They do. But I'm not a supporter in those, right? But I, Per se. Yeah. I think you got to do it.
1: Personally, I had to make that change on my own um, and I felt a lot of shame surrounding those meetings and I didn't feel good going there. You know, I am not anonymous. I am Jessica Kent and I got sober and I beat that. You know, but Good
0: for you. It, when, when your baby was born, mm-hmm. was your baby born an addict?
1: No. So thankfully, I was only three weeks pregnant when I was arrested. So I was okay. barely oh, okay. pregnant, five minutes pregnant. Um, she was born very, very healthy, and she has no symptoms of any of that. Thank God.
0: So, right when you knew you were pregnant, you stopped drugs. Right. Literally stopped drugs.
1: Right. Wow. I, I that insane.
0: shows the power of, of a baby or of a human life. You literally, yes, you were in jail, but and you, you and I both well know there's drugs in prison way you want or jail, anything you want. I, Absolutely. I did my best drugs in prison. I did a lot of acid in prison. And, and obviously, you know, drugs are everywhere in prison. And you didn't do it, so that says something. Now we're going to get a little bit, if you don't mind, into your incarceration and your actual having birth. Because I know my audience is probably saying, wow, what is it like? What do they do? Once, you, like you come into intake and they say, "Hey, listen, you're pregnant." What do they do? do they just throw you still into population. Give us a little bit of uh, how that works.
1: Yeah. So, um, because of my charges, I was supposed to be in a max, um, but
0: and your charges were uh, deal, uh, dealing. What were your exact charges? Possession. Were with they intent- distribution?
1: Yeah, possession with intent to distribute, delivery of meth, which is uh, controlled controlled buys because people yeah, class, suck. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then simultaneous possession of drugs and a firearm. <laughs> I love you
0: already. <laughs> firearm. I try to even tell people, don't get away from a gun. That's just an enhancement that you don't want.
1: Right. We were able oh, to cause... get it null processed because, you know, it was nowhere right. near me when we were arrested. It's a whole story. I can get into that in, you know later in the interview if, you, if you'd if you like. But, yeah, I was supposed to be placed at a max. Well, when I went into intake, they, they do the medical stuff. When you're going into prison, it's this whole long, drawn-out day. And
0: this is in what state? Arkansas. illinois arkansas arkansas okay and you now you weren't living there at the time were you
1: i was living in arkansas for about seven months and at that point i was heavily okay. addicted. so you were to
0: the it. residence was there okay Technically. and you were dealing out of like you're dealing in your crimes or out of arkansas
1: Everything in Arkansas. I mean,
0: Arkansas. Where's Arkansas? It's a flyover state. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we used to call it.
1: Well, um, yeah. I, I ran from some felonies in New York that I was innocent of. And I'm like, I know I can fight this, but I can't fight it out of the county jail with a public defender. I have to fight it away from here. Um, so I ran, I knew a friend in Arkansas. Again, I couldn't even pick it out on a map. I had no freaking idea where it was. I'm like, "Arkansas? What the hell is that?" <laughs> um, so I get there and I meet a bunch of people that were selling and using meth, and I'm like, Oh, pff, I'm a hustler. I can do this." It was all coming from Mexico. It was strong, it was addictive, and at that point, I lost all control of my addiction. I became very, very sick. I wasn't eating, I wasn't drinking water. I was covered in tracks, and I weighed 90 pounds when I was arrested. I looked and mm. was disgusting. I mean, I was so sick. Yeah. So fast forward, I take my plea at six months, six months pregnant, little, six months and change. Um, now
0: you know you're pregnant, right when they told you in intake, you said they told you in intake you were pregnant?
1: They told me in the county jail that I was pregnant. And I was in complete denial.
0: And, and did you just happen to get a test? I mean, nobody just gets a pregnancy test. Did you feel right not have a period? I understand all right.
1: right so. <laughs> um, so a friend of mine put in a kite. Oh, a friend of mine put in a kite for me to go to medical because I was sick. I didn't even request to go. And I remember one day they called me out and they were doing a bunch of stuff. But I'm detoxing. I'm in and out of it. All I want to do is sleep. You know? Um, so the, the only thing I remember is I'm calling me out and then the nurse telling me I was pregnant cause I'm just not even in my right mind. Right. You know? sure. I, I remember even standing in the hallway like, what the fuck are we doing today? You know, I had no clue what was going on. Um, so six months later, I, I take my plea. It was the third plea. I really had to fight the state of Arkansas to get the plea that I got. They offered me 20. I told them to go fuck themselves. They offered me 10. I said, absolutely not. And I thought I'm going to trial. I'm going to trial in a state where they won't give me legal material. I have no access to the law library, no books whatsoever. And as that's a, so
0: against the law. You know, I did the law for ten years. So that's as a New so Yorker,
1: I'm like, this is yeah, this is illegal. So I'm fighting the correctional officers. I'm like, I need a fucking, I need a law book. Like this is not okay. So everyone around me in this in this uh, jail was like, are you lost? Like this is Arkansas. You're not getting any legal material. So that was probably Unreal. the first uh, moment where I'm like, I need to fight for prison reform. But I didn't know how, right? So I get my plea of five years, happily signed. So
0: you ended up after a long thing, they don't want to go to trial, they said, there's an addict, let's give her five years. After
1: and you're in the county months. jail,
0: how long at this time? Six, six months. months. And are you showing, or are you like kind of, re- I mean, I had jowls, Larry, some day?
1: like I was so fat, <laughs> I had jowls. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, after being an addict, and you know this, Jessica, you probably, the weight felt good in its own way.
1: Oh, yeah, for you sure. You know, you
0: were, you know, you, once you're sober, you you realize, I look like shit. You don't think you do when you're, you know, an addict, and you've got all the addicts want, you know, and all the shit that goes on out there. But now you're feeling it. I mean, are you feeling the baby?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was in denial for a few months, probably three. But after a while, I'm like. I
0: didn't know that, I'm sure. There's stuff that goes on. Did you worry about losing the baby?
1: All the time, every day, every day. Because unlike the free world, you can't just go to the doctor if you think something's wrong, you know? And I didn't have an ultrasound, and I would beg the nurse, please just check the heartbeat, please, like something's wrong. That's anxiety. So all the time I thought that I wasn't okay. There was even a situation where another girl tripped me because she didn't like me. She was actually sleeping with my baby daddy. So there's some tea there. Um, oh, yeah. She trips me and now I'm convinced. I get up to swing and my old biker chick friend that I that I met in the county kind of jail, she's like, are you insane? What are you doing? And I remember like, oh fuck, I'm pregnant. I can't fight her. I'm pregnant. Um, but I'm like, she hurt, she hurt my baby. She hurt my baby. So for a week, I begged the nurse, please listen to the heartbeat. Like this this chick tripped me. Something's wrong. And then I went into the nurse's like medical office, and she checked the heartbeat. And when Micah's heartbeat came up, I just started bawling my eyes out because for a week I thought something was wrong. And that was at three months or maybe four. So I didn't really feel her moving moving at all. Um, and wow. I was, I kind of went through a lot of situations like that a lot. Um,
0: I try to tell people in prison there is no medical care. I love that. Oh, you're gonna get medical. Oh shit, you break your arm, they'll give you fucking aspirin. Uh, you're lucky if you'll, you'll see anybody. Period. Uh, I mean, the medical care, even in the federal system, when I was in Arkansas. Uh, the doctors don't even have to be licensed in that state because we were on a federal institution, which is the work. I used to love to hear people compare. I'd rather be in the state than the Fed. Not when you're in maximum security prisons. I was in a prison. We had uh two thousand inmates. Eight hundred had it life, mm. and never getting out. And it was murders and zoo. It was the worst prison in the country at the time. That was USB Atlanta. But getting back to your story, so here you are at six months pregnant, nine to go. Still worried every day. You got to worry about who's gonna like you, dislike you, you're in a fight. You're not heading to the state jail yet, right? You're not going to, the, to, the, to to jail. You're still in jail. You're not going to prison yet, right?
1: So, USP Atlanta, just to back up a little bit, that's still a really messed up prison. I got a homie there right now. Oh, I know. And, oh, it's I bad. know. It's
0: bad. I, I hear from people all the time. I got a lot of contacts in there. It's a, I was in there for years, two years. And the holdover, I've been on Con Air 16 times. But that's another story. It is. Let's keep going to you. you so, you you're you're here, hon. Uh, you're... Uh, 6 months pregnant you're just got sentenced so you're not shipped off to the state jail yet are you
1: So I I was I was shipped off pretty quickly after I signed my plea uh, thank yeah. god and I get up there and yeah. the nurses in intake they didn't see that I was pregnant cuz I get, I got this big old thing on you know they they put us in different yeah. clothing and I, I none of it fit and I'm sitting there
0: <laughs> of course. and
1: up, she's asking me these questions you know and Finally, I just had to tell her, like, "Do you know I'm pregnant?" And she looked me dead in my face and said, "Well, how do you know you're pregnant?" And I stood up because I was just uh, sitting in this little chair. She was checking my blood pressure, and I showed her my stomach, and I'm like, "Are you serious? <laughs> um, <laughs> gained 60 pounds in my uterus, lady? Like yeah. I'm pregnant?" <laughs> so you, I you, yeah, had, it's the
0: the intelligent level of people are sometimes just off the charts.
1: So ridiculous. Um, but she's like, oh, well, you're not staying here. You're going to Wrightsville. That's a medium. And I'm like, I'm going to a medium word. Like I was, I was excited about it. Right. So I stayed in max. Is it a
0: medical unit?
1: 50, 50. So, uh, they have a work release program out of there and they also have like some cancer patients there and the pregnant chicks get sent there. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of different stuff going on there. Um, but I stayed in max for a few weeks and then they shipped me to medium and I had my baby, um, and I, I actually got kicked out of the medium and sent back to the max shortly after I gave birth. Sounds
0: like me. <laughs> you sound like me a lot because that's what happened to me after fighting and mm-hmm. certain things. But the uh, So now you're at the prison and you have your baby at the prison?
1: No. Um, so after she was born, I was actually in labor. In- well,
0: well, you're in the medium. You're in the medical unit or whatever you want to call it. Half of the medical unit, I assume. Yeah. Are there other pregnant ladies there?
1: Yes, there are. Um, and this was my first experience with it. I had had experience with seeing girls, you know, test positive for pregnancy and they're pregnant in jail, but I never paid attention to it before cause it didn't affect me, you know? And now I'm like, I'm the pregnant chick like this sucks. Right? So at the time, I think in my dorm, we had five or six other pregnant women. So, um, and interestingly enough, I had seen women have their baby and come back in 24 hours and then get visitation with them. You can't keep the baby there. Um, And I thought, she did it, I could do it. It's not gonna affect me that bad. If she's strong enough to handle it, I can certainly handle this.
0: And you get, I mean, by their policy or whatever it is, you get 24 hours with the baby.
1: 24 hours with the baby.
0: Here you are, you're in prison, you're locked, uh, you've just had the baby, you're shackled to the bed. The doctor gives you another 24 hours. That person has to be God, no?
1: Yeah. I wish I remembered her name. I wish I could get a hold of her and just thank her for that because what was so small to anyone else was a huge deal to me. You know, I was, that was the first time in that whole experience that I was actually treated like a human being. Um, you know, my, my visits, my doctor visits in the county jail, I was brought out to a free world free clinic and people were taking pictures of me in the free world, pregnant, shackled up, going to the doctor. So if you have that picture of me, fuck you. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) but I, I was so embarrassed and I was mortified that people were taking my picture, you know, but, but after my daughter was born, I, something was missing. I had her for nine months with me and now she's gone and I didn't know how to react to that. So I got to hold her for 48 hours. I wouldn't even let them take her to give her a little bath like you're supposed to do. You can't say no new mama. So did
0: you, did, did you fight them uh, when, you, when they came to take the baby away? Yeah obviously you can't have the baby you're going back to prison now they tell you okay you get discharged is it only 48 hours in the hospital it's supposed to birth? only
1: be 24 unless you have a c-section but i had a, a normal birth or not, i don't want to say normal they're both normal i had a you know
0: no no a, a regular vaginal it's birth, a regular so normal birth. They, uh, they take you and they, they they kind of rip the baby out of your arms I Or had they, set, i mean do you have it up to the last minute
1: to up to the last minute i was holding her and I knew that they were coming in the morning to get me. And I I want to say it was about 10 AM and I placed Micah. That's my daughter's name in this little bassinet next to the bed. And I'm holding on to it because I don't want to let go. And this is, this is the only person in the world I have ever loved ever. Um, besides a toxic boyfriend from my past, we don't got to mention him, (laughs) but this is mine. This is, I made this, this is my baby. And I had never felt such an overwhelming sense of protecting my daughter, protecting anybody, you know? So I'm holding onto this bassinet and I whispered to her, I will be back for you. And I just wanted, I knew she couldn't understand me. She's a newborn, but I had to say it out loud I will be back for you. I will be back for you. And
0: now, who's in the room? Is there guards, nurses? Who's in that there's room? There's
1: one correctional officer, and she was very mean, wouldn't even talk to me or let me get up to go to the bathroom. Because if she has to get up so I can go to the bathroom, she has to unchain my leg, and that's just too much for her. That's how she acted. So I was not allowed to... So would you use a bedpan? No, I held it for a while, and then I'm like, I got to go now. Ugh. I, I tried to bother yeah. her the least amount possible because she was disgusted that I had to that she had to be at the hospital for her shift, you know, she was really shitty.
0: They hate their own jobs and then they project and that on
1: Justifiably her. Uh, so. You know, there's
0: very little humanity in prison.
1: Yeah, and I understand hating that job. <laughs> justifiably so it's not the greatest job in the world. Absolutely. But I'm a human.
0: So they take your baby, so what happens? They take you they put you in a wheelchair and wheel you back to the prison. Yeah. Or do they just I mean, you mustn't want to go,
1: right? I, you don't want to. Leave I don't that want to aid. go. I'll fight you because this is my baby. But I'm holding onto the bassinet, and I hear the keys. I hear the correction officers come to the door, because they are loud as hell. If you've never been to prison, you don't know. But the keys, like you just hear the keys jangling in the radio, and like they're just so loud. So, I hear them at the door, and they say to me, "Kent, it's time to go." you better come in here and get me because I'm not trying to go. So I just, I think I remember telling them, no, I'm not even turned around. I'm not even going to look at you. I'm going to spend the last seconds that I have staring at this baby. She was so beautiful. She's still so beautiful, but I just couldn't even take my eyes off of her. And eventually they got sick of asking me. We're not asking anymore. So they came in and they grabbed me by my shoulders and slammed me down in this wheelchair. I just gave birth. That was painful and as quickly as they could they put my leg in chains and they shackle me or handcuff my hands and they wheel me out of the hospital as fast as they could now i just left my newborn baby in this hospital room i have no idea where she's going who's gonna get her what's gonna happen they don't tell me anything and they throw me into the prison transport van and i know i made their job harder because I told them no but at the end of the day like i was willing to do whatever it takes to stay there for any like for a second longer
0: so now you're clean for you're clean for nine months obviously.
1: clean for nine months i mean my,
0: just just about nine months i mean you're three weeks in or whatever it was my
1: daughter's healthy um and the doctor reassured me of that which i'm so grateful that she did but i was healthy so the
0: doctors kind of gave you the ass the last end of the thing said you know you had a good doctor gave you an extra 24 hours obviously yeah. you didn't have to do that but you get that. You head back to prison. You're in a van, obviously, heading back to your prison. Uh, Did they talk to you? Do they say anything? Or are they just typical assholes? Uh,
1: they didn't even turn on the radio. <laughs> they just talked to themselves. <laughs> um, but I didn't ask. I usually ask, like, can you at least turn on the radio? But I didn't talk to them. I didn't care. They were talking about their lunch breaker, their their kid. I don't even know. Some other shit. Not talking Your mind to
0: is on your daughter.
1: Yeah, they're talking about some other your shit. your mind's on your
0: daughter. I mean, just like... Thinking, I got to get back to my daughter, I got to get back to my daughter, I got to back my, because I remember when I went away, I had a 15-month-old mm-hmm. baby and a six-year-old son, and I and I, I lost them for well over a decade.
1: It's gut-wrenching. And I got out of
0: prison, my son was 18, oh, my daughter was 13. So you uh, headed back to the prison, you go into intake in the prison, and what happens? Do you go to medical, do you, where do you go from
1: there? Yeah, um...
0: I know where you go. <laughs> but um, I was in there enough. But uh, tell, tell the audience that.
1: Yeah, I, I came back in through Sallyport, which is where they bring inmates. And there's this little change out room. They got to strip search you, and you got to do some really awkward and uncomfortable things to make sure you don't have contraband hidden. Uh, we
0: say it, I say it. Spend and spread them. Squat and cough.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we got to do squat and cough. And I don't remember going through that, I don't remember them asking me that but I barely remember them talking to me. I just remember not being able to talk. I couldn't really hear what they were saying. Um, I was traumatized. I had just looked like I was shell-shocked. I looked like I had been to war. Um, and they took me to the infirmary and I stayed in the infirmary for two weeks. Psychologists came in. um, Did you
0: have postpartum depression?
1: I had postpartum depression and PTSD. And I, I saw other women do this. So why couldn't I do it? I didn't understand. You know, I had nine months to prepare. What is wrong with me? You know, no one ever told me about postpartum depression or PTSD. I didn't understand. I just knew I couldn't get out of that bed. And
0: are you wondering what's going on with your kid every day? Every
1: second. Uh, all where I, is
0: Mika? Where is Mika? Uh,
1: all I could think of is like, I just left that newborn two day old baby in a hospital. And that was the last time I saw her for six months. I didn't know where she was.
0: How big was the baby when born? She was almost... Uh, give me the size dimensions. Yeah,
1: size and dimensions. Um, so she was six pounds, nine ounces, 15 inches or 16 inches long. She's Asian, so she's short.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, my my, uh, my son was uh, six pounds, seven, uh, six pounds, 11 ounces, I think he's gonna get mad at me. And uh, he was 20 inches, he was long. That's funny, because yeah. we all know that. So here you got a healthy healthy baby girl, Obviously you'd go, you're in prison. Now you're in in the infirmary, in the prison, PTSD and postpartum depression is a real thing, everybody. It's real. And now you get out of the infirmary, you go back to the unit, you start work. What's your plan?
1: So I just snapped out of it one day and I told myself, get up, get whatever it takes. Get out of this bed, go back to your dorm, sign up for classes. You have to get your daughter. You can't lay in bed, get the hell out of this bed. And I don't know what came over me that day, but I'm so grateful that I had that realization. And I'm so grateful that I was able to get up because for two weeks, I didn't think I could for two weeks. I thought I'm broken this person that was with me for nine months is gone. I don't even know where she is. And I was so damaged from that. I was so not mentally okay. So I get back to my dorm and I immediately go up to the cork board that they have where there's like different classes or schedules. And I'm just like, I need to sign up for everything. So I get kites and I sign up for thinking errors and I want to go to GED class and I want to, I want to do parenting and I want to go to NA. When is NA? And I'm asking people and they're like, yo, New York, where's your, where's the baby? Are you okay? Like you've been gone for two freaking weeks. I'm like, get on my face, man. Unless you know, the NA schedule, I'm not trying to talk to you. <laughs> and they, they yeah. before like all the other women would come in and show the pictures of their baby and they'd have visits and they'd be talking about it. Everyone's in my face trying to ask me if I'm okay or where the baby is. And I'm like, does anyone know the GED schedule? <laughs> like I was just, I'm not trying to talk to you about that right now. I'm trying to, you know, get my stuff together. So I do, I sign up for it. You,
0: you, you actually didn't want it to do anything with anybody else except think about your future and your baby and everything. It kept you going. That's what kept you going. I mean, you can get trapped into that world we were trapped in, and it, it's. A, it, we know the kind of world it is. It's, it's just a crazy world, but you started taking it and saying, I gotta get out, I gotta get my baby, I gotta do whatever I can do. All right, so you do your time, you're in a medium security prison. What happens, does anything happen you? Well, Get trouble I was
1: supposed to eventually meet th- with the parole board in this medium and parole out, right? It's supposed to be a very simple transition. Um, that didn't happen. So uh, shortly after I returned to my dorm, Uh, I had a sex offender come up to me trying to help with paperwork. You know, I I was studying the law before I gave birth because that was the first time that I was actually granted access to legal material. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, Arkansas state law. And she took notice of that. She knew that I was studying and I'm not trying to watch TV or go to the yard. I'm just trying to study and learn Arkansas state law because they gave me 40 years exposure and I had no idea what that meant. So I was just trying to understand my own shit. And she came up to me and everyone around her was like, oh, she's got a bad charge. But listen, man, I don't got time for your bad charge. I got to get my daughter. I got to focus on my own stuff. But she was very pushy with showing me her paperwork, which was the weirdest thing ever.
0: Old, young? Was she old, she young? She was or...
1: probably a few years older than me. So she was probably late okay. 20s. So it's young. Young, yeah.
0: <laughs> Jeez, I'm getting old. But yes, yeah, young.
1: Yes, young. And um, I told her I saw the charges and I read over it probably in a minute or two and I slid across the paperwork on this metal table they have in the day room. I slid it across the table and I said, you need to get away from me. And she's like, what? I'm like. You need to get away from me, <laughs> you know, because it was uh, bad. Uh,
0: a true chomo. True.
1: I mean, I can't even ever repeat what I read in that paperwork. It's yeah, I mortifying. see some sick shit,
0: but they we used to fuck them up. But that's a long story. Yeah, and because uh, I know the law so well, I used to get the codes and see
1: what uh, up,
0: and some of the shit. It's
1: horrifying. But go ahead.
0: Uh, I, I, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So she took offense. So go to ahead. Her.
0: So you you have a fight.
1: Yeah, she was really pissed off that I told her to get away from me, and she's bigger than me. She was towering over me. I'm sitting down. I'm not trying to even stand up. She's towering over me, and she's like, ah, like a chihuahua, and I just ignored her, and she eventually gave up. But then a couple hours later, she's trying to follow me all around. She's trying to, you know, she's really just in my head, just yelling at me, acting crazy. And what's crazy is you're the fucking Jomo. What are you talking about? She's talking about my case. Like I'm a drug dealer, dude. Get the
0: fuck out of here.
1: So I went to the bathroom, and she pushed me, and I thought, oh.
0: Ended up just you two just in the us bathroom.
1: Two. So I hit her, hit her a few times, and I ended up on top of her. I'm punching her.
0: Beat the go crazy in prison. Crazy. I even went fucking crazy on people. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. So.
0: There's no such thing as a fair fight in prison. No, <laughs> no fair fight, anyway.
1: but no one around me says five zero or gives me any indication that the cops are in the dorm and I feel someone trying to pull at me and I went like that and I, went, and I hit the CO in the chest plate and I, as soon as I did it, I was like, no, hello, darkness, you know it. my old you know friend. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny how you just said cops. All convicts say, oh, the cops are coming and it's guards in prison. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we call guards cops, you know, peer I did a video on that, and people go, what do you mean co-? I said, cops are guards in prison? You said, hey, the cops are coming, or whatever it is, right? Yeah, 5 man. Oh, you know, uh, yeah, they're coming. But, okay, so now you go back after that. You knew you were in trouble. You go to the shoe, They put you in admin. Then you go to a DHO. You have a hearing, and they say, you're guilty. They don't give a fuck who started it. It's a CHOMO. Yep. They don't think anything like that. So you go back to the MAX. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you go to a MAX, and when you're in the MAX, do you still have your parole hearing up for that date? I mean, is there, is, is anything pushed back? or?
1: So, because I still had plenty of time to the door, I didn't have my hearing yet. So, it wasn't even scheduled yet. So.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you had one scheduled. Yeah, what,
1: I was just like supposed to. Feet? Like, I was playing it out in my head. I was supposed to go to the parole hearing and get released gotcha. in a year. I'm It's going to skate by with okay. the medium. Like, No. Not me. Not Jessica. So go to the max, do my time in the hole. And then, um, I actually got released, um, and went back to the general population unit and that is where they put me on chain gang. So I could talk to you guys forever about my experience there. Um, you mean
0: to tell me you, they, they put you on a chain where you go outside the prison. Ain't shit, ain't happening. Where we were at, man. They would never let those dudes in Atlanta or all of us out of prison. Are you fucking no. Me? I
1: mean, I, It'd I was. Zoo. <laughs> you're outside of the gate. You're outside of the fence, like right outside the prison, and you're lined up with a hoe, and you're just hoeing the ground for hours. My hands were all cut up and bleeding, and they played break the Yankee with me. I don't even know how many times.
0: At this time, Jess, what? How much time did you have left? And you know you calculate. Yeah, inmates are like, you know, convicts. I'd say, okay, I got that. At the beginning, it was like, I saw like 12 years to the door. Are you fucking kidding me? But, you know, when you get closer and closer, you think, oh, another year. Fuck, that's nothing. Yeah. How much time at this point did you have?
1: After my seg time and all of that, I had like a year. So it was a year and a half when I left the medium and then a year left. I got to get my class back because oh, wow. they demote you. And I had to, you know, earn my class. So they put me out of class four, chain gang, and the bad, bad cat Now, at dorm. this time, are you
0: at all talking to your daughter or how are you getting updates or anything about your daughter or are you it's a
1: good question um for four months i didn't even see a picture of her but at four months i got a picture and the from from the foster family okay really good people i actually still talk to them and i thought oh my god that's a completely different baby (laughs) i left a two-day-old baby and now this baby is huge she's four months and so cute um, and then at six months, I finally had Earth a people. Oh, they're no. great people, um, at six months, I had a court hearing for her and the judge granted me a 15 minute visit in chambers. It is as short well, you, as it you mean you're in,
0: you're in prison and you had a court hearing. In
1: prison. I had a court hearing at six months to determine like, where are you? What's the plan? Um, obviously I'm in orange cause they had to k- transport me back to the county jail. I had to sit in county jail for a few days sure. and then go to court. It's a whole process um so obviously I'm still in jail
0: boy do I know
1: it? I know it's uh, it's so rough but they extended it they're like we'll come back um a month after your release date and I didn't know what to expect but I held my daughter for the first time when she was six months old and it just it
0: now is that at the courthouse I mean is that the courthouse in
1: chambers yep at the courthouse and I was so oh grateful for God. that and that literally like set in stone my mission you know because time and space away from the situation you start to maybe forget what your mission is my mission is get yeah. this baby ironically the foster father it was a police officer i didn't know that he was not in a uniform when I met him in, in court, but the way he was standing, you guys, convicts know a cop when they see one. Um, I can tell. So he, he had his arms crossed. He wasn't anywhere near me. He wasn't going to talk to me. By his body language alone, I'm like, that's a police officer. Um, and he was. So I'm like, it's this weird vibe, this converse cop vibe in chambers, and it's a little awkward. But I told the foster mom, I'm not like anyone else you've ever met. I'm different. I'm going to get my daughter back. Please just take care of her and love her with everything you have until I get back. I'll be back. Um, her husband didn't believe me at first. Of course. Why would you? I never gave of you a course. reason to believe anything I'm saying. Um, but after I got out, they became my biggest advocates. You know, they saw that the determination alone that i have that is in every fiber of my being it's in everything i do i wake up early i work my ass off i i make sure that at the end of the day i've given that day a hundred percent because i have to get my daughter that's all i care about in the world
0: because that's the kind of cops that we need and that's the kind of people we need to be cops Uh, caring believe in second chances uh all cautious but they're so good uh so now you take you're out You get to the door you're excited you go into a halfway house obviously Mm -hmm. so you get to a halfway house you start work what do you do i
1: um yeah at the halfway house they were actually charging me rent that's a whole different situation but
0: oh that's a whole other thing um,
1: i I didn't have sneakers when i left prison i didn't have clothes i didn't have sneakers on a driver's license new york will give you an id at least arkansas is like get out we don't care um yeah. so i had
0: 25 hours
1: Here you go i had prison shower shoes and a hoodie that i borrowed from somebody and i got a telemarketing job that day so
0: <laughs> i told you i got a telemarketing job when i first got out in a halfway house in tampa funny man <laughs> selling verizon contracts check that out convicts unbelievable what they do but go ahead. It's awesome. <laughs> so uh, you get out, you're working. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm working. And... I am uh, working at a telemarketing job from sun up to sun down. And then in between, I'm court mandated to go to NA meetings. I felt like it was a waste of my time personally because I got money I have to make. You're taking me out of work mm-hmm. to go here. And I just, I needed to work. Um, I also had to go to pool.
0: good for some people. It's, it's not for others. I often say that. Uh, Every one of them is different, in my opinion, is the person. Uh, but whatever it takes to help somebody that's good, too. So now you're out. You're time to... Do you get to see your baby right away? Nope.
1: Nope. Um, I actually didn't know if I was going to... Oh,
0: that's got to gotta rip you
1: apart.
0: I mean, you're out. You're free. You're, 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 you know, you're getting free air, but you can't go see your baby.
1: So it was not made easy for me at all. So I, um, I contacted... DHS, Department of Human Services, the day I got out and asked. And they said, well, your court date is on this date. Come there, and we'll talk about your case plan. That was like a month, maybe two months away. So I was frustrated already. Um, But they did make sure that I got hair follicle drug tested. So that was a hoot. Um, And they placed my daughter four hours from where I paroled out to. And you have to go for visitation after they grant you that. So I went to my court hearing. They granted me two-hour visitation. So I can go to Searcy, Arkansas, from Spring.
0: So you have to travel four hours to go for two, and then back for four.
1: Yes, every week for.
0: How would you, how do you do that? How do you do that by bus or by? Uh, you, do you have a vehicle?
1: i have nothing i had to hustle and ask for rides i'm a new yorker i'll get it done it's all right um so i asked different people i worked with friends family friends of people at the halfway house i need a ride you know i'll pay you when i pay you i didn't i barely had gas money you know and people
0: you know it's funny saying it's funny saying with new yorkers uh i could drop you off naked in alaska and and you'll show up a week later in boston with a with a three-piece suit and thousand (laughs) dollars I mean, that's just certain people are like that. They, they find a way is what that means.
1: Yeah. You know, i
0: but I'll f- Go ahead. Now, you got the money.
1: I'll find a way. You, you, you hustle it.
0: You figure it out. You figure it out.
1: Yeah. My first paycheck from the uh, telemarketing job was like $60. Um, so I was struggling, but I'm going to ask someone, if you tell me, no, you're busy, you can't do it, I'll ask somebody else. And I just found a way. I never missed one visit, and I figured it out every step of the way. I
0: mean, that's not like around the corner, Jess. That's four hours each way. I mean, some of the guys in halfway houses, you know this, they don't have a car that can go four hours. I mean, you know, it's just the way they are. Nobody had money. You know, we all struggled. I mean, I remember taking the buses and everything. I got my dad's old car, an old blue Skylock, 1994 Skylock, and this is in 2007. But anyway, go ahead. and uh, So now here you are. You're going back and forth, you're seeing your child, uh, and, you, and is the is the force the family seeing how you're connecting with this baby? Um,
1: they do. And over time, I originally had two hour visits that got increased to four hours and then six hours. But now I have two jobs, I'm trying to dance around these schedules and didn't have a car yet, so I had to ask a friend to either loan me the car or drive with me, and I was very fortunate to find some decent people that, that really helped me during that time. And um, you know, the judge granted me overnight visits, and this was amazing but complicated because I have two jobs. Um, so I had to drive four hours, drive home four hours. That that girl is tired. She's a toddler, you know. She just wants to play. She doesn't want to be in the car. Um, but a road wow. trip warrior was born that day because she is just so well behaved and so awesome. And we made it as fun as we could for her. And you know, I, I would take her. Oh, home. You say
0: we, we wait. You say we. No, me. We. we. Oh no, I didn't, I didn't. know if you had because uh, now you're out. You get all, You you get all out of the halfway house. You're starting to get. When do you meet your husband?
1: I met Reese. Um, we're at, we're not married, but I met him. Well,
0: when do you meet your love of your life? Is, can I say that?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, uh, okay, sure. When do you meet the man that you're with now that, that is the father of your son uh your
1: october son. uh the i got out in like april uh, of 2013 and he, i met him in october of 2013 so it was before i had custody so they were getting to know each other but i had to keep that on the dl because you're not supposed to date while you have a dhs case and you're in recovery oh. and no one wants you to date then oh. and like i just
0: Uh, And I wasn't
1: wasn't sure. I wasn't sure that this is the guy. And I was really nervous to even introduce my daughter to him because what if you're great now and you leave? So I was very, very nervous. Um, We actually dated an entire year before I even let him move in. He was living with his grandmother and he was in drug court.
0: How, How did you get a place? I mean, did you just save up enough money to get an apartment and do everything on your
1: yeah your I mean, um,
0: loans from working 20 hours i bet you were working sometimes 16 hour shifts i know how it works yep
1: i'd go to the telemarketing you want to
0: work you want to get out of the halfway house yep yeah i
1: stopped paying rent at the halfway house because i couldn't afford it and i'm like if they kick me out i'll figure it out simultaneously i'm putting in applications for apartments and getting denied because i'm a felon um and I had a court date, and this is kind of all over the place, but I had a court date, and the judge was like, you have until this date to get an apartment, and time was running out. I found a guy, and I was very honest, and I'm like, listen, if you don't rent me this apartment, I'm not going to get my daughter. I'm in this kitchen of this crappy duplex crying to this guy. I'm like, I need this place. You don't understand, bro, and I just freak out. I'm like, I have the money. Just please take the fucking money. I was so frustrated, Um, because I'm a felon. I was denied in Arkansas time and time again. Yeah, that is and uh, they're like, you're going to have a meth lab here. I don't think so. I'm like, oh, I swear to God, I'm not. <laughs> so
0: so he, he took pity on me. He believes in you.
1: Yep. He, he heard a little bit about my story, and he took pity on me, and I signed the lease that day. And I moved in the next day, a really crappy place. And the day I was moving in, I looked around, and I'm like, there's no refrigerator. I thought there would be one. Like, how is there no refrigerator? <laughs> oh, my God. No washer, dryer. So here you
0: are, a place with no furniture, no... So you start like everybody else to get a bed just to sleep in to get a uh, a table to eat on to get a couch to I mean literally piece by piece correct? Mm
1: -hmm. I had a couple pieces donated Uh, to me Um, an old mattress that was just on the floor I had that for a while Um, that didn't matter and then my daughter's pieces of her furniture and some clothes that was also donated to me by friends that I worked with they are like oh my daughter has outgrown all this stuff you can have all these all these clothes her toddler bed I'm not even and you know you thought
0: it was Christmas when you got that when you got stuff from people you know i i I tell people now you know i I look at people and i live a crazy life multi-millions to zero eating ramen noodle soups so staying hungry and you know eating them raw and then drinking water to fill your stomach up but i I tell people i could live i have a 30-foot rv i love going out i could care it was better than my prison cell i i I might do stuff out of my garage people don't get it they don't get what an ex-felon can do because we lived in a fucking cell that was the shittiest shit, a fucking toilet and a frisk sink together and a smelly ass fucking roommate sometimes mm-hmm. or whatever the hell it is. And here you are, you know, you got your own place and you don't give a shit. And people think, oh, this shit, I used to think it's a fucking castle. You know, and it's going from a millionaire to nothing, back to struggling and you don't give a shit. But so now you're out, you're doing good. The judge awards you the baby
1: so after I a mean, year what
0: day after a year of doing the visits doing the stuff the family's really nice you said and i think you should interview him if you don't want i will <laughs> uh and uh they the judge says to you one day okay you can have your daughter back yeah i mean I, i'm just trying to i do get look i got fucking goosebumps
1: i'm gonna make a and tough I'm guy like thinking,
0: you cry oh <laughs> fuck i don't give a shit i we used to tell people We did some shit, man. I fucked some people up. We were all a bunch of murderers in a room one time. (laughs) Fucking goddamn crying over something. Nobody said a Mm -hmm. word. (laughs) Are you kidding me? So anyway, here you are, Jess. You get the baby. The judge orders. You got it back. What was that like? Did you go grab the baby? Did you run? Did the people help you? Did they give you stuff? Yeah, I mean, they they still, I'm sure they, I hope they still hear from you and and they look at the baby and and say, wow, you know.
1: Um, So, yeah. So she was just to back up a little bit. The judge granted me um, temporary custody. So for a few weeks, she was living with me, and I was working. And they gave me vouchers for daycare for her, and that was amazing. But I had no clue what I was doing. So it was amazing. But I'm like, "What's up, kid? You want some spaghetti?" Like I don't know how to cook anything. I don't know how to take care of of a kid. So. I kind of learned, you learn as you go, you know? And I was very tired. I mean, I was working full time and she's in daycare and I'm running back and forth from everything. But um, I was grateful because I have her, like she's in my possession, like you said before. So I had my final court hearing and you have no idea what the judge is going to say, you know, I don't have the nicest stuff, but I got some stuff and I have a a Scion XB box car. Now. Um, this isn't like New York. There's no public transit. Really. There's a local bus, but it's not really, it's not great. Um,
0: comes every hour, two hours.
1: The car had no air conditioning in the South. Like it was not pleasant, but, um, I go to court with her and, I remember walking her in just holding her little hand. She's walking super slow because she got little tiny legs. And I'm just like, let's just get there. Come on girl. So I scooped her up and I carried her in just so we could get in front of the judge faster because I can't even wait anymore. Like I just need to know the decision because I didn't sleep the night before. I was so scared. I can't come this far to only go this far. I have to have full custody. This has to be over. And I finally walk in. I set Micah down by me and I'm just standing there. I'm shaking. I've never, I've gone to prison. I'm not ever afraid. I am terrified of this judge, you know, and I've never been afraid of a judge before in my life and you know i'm standing in front of her and it, <laughs> she is looking over all this stuff my lease the bill of sale for my car my na signed sheet because i still have to go to those and she's looking over all this paperwork it takes and a- you're scared
0: of this judge right now i mean like this judge has your life in her hands i mean your child's life in her hands
1: yeah this is what her gonna, word goes this is what's going to determine everything you know i would not be okay if i lost her a second time i wouldn't be sitting I, you'd here probably with you be
0: back to being an addict I I really believe that.
1: I would have died. I wouldn't be here with you right now. Um, But the judge finally, after an eternity, looks up at me and says, Miss Kent, um, I'm really impressed. You've done a lot in a year. I've never seen somebody work like this. I've never seen somebody work so hard. And I am very proud to say that unless there's any um, objections from caseworkers, I'm willing to grant you sole legal custody of Micah. And I thought, are you serious? Like, I can leave? Can I have her? Can I just leave? And, um, you know, she smiles at me for the first time. I had never seen this judge smile before. <laughs> she was very serious. And, you know, the, the caseworker says no objections. And the judge looks up at me and she goes, good luck to you. And I grab oh. my daughter. And I run out. And I don't even care Did who's watching. Did you hug
0: her? Did you squeeze her? Like, I, you know, when I get, I want to squeeze. And I'm so big, sometimes I worry about crushing something. But yeah. it's like, ugh.
1: I, right outside of the courthouse, I'm on my knees, hugging my daughter, crying, so happy. And I said, we did it, girl. We did it. And she has no idea what that means, but we did it. And And and
0: how old is she at this time? Three?
1: A little over two. A
0: little over two. Wow. So she she will never remember the other times. I mean, obviously, we all don't.
1: But, But just to add... I share that, she knows. She knows our story, she knows she was born in prison. I have a very open dialogue about addiction and jail and the mistakes that I made and how I took responsibility for my mistakes. You know, I think good. that's important.
0: Absolutely, good for you. So now here you are, let's bring it to today. Uh, Micah, and here we're gonna show a picture here, is eight?
1: She's eight and she's eight going on 28. That child is so grown.
0: Yeah, you're gonna <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I got 31 year old kid. My son, who you know, he's your mm-hmm. age actually, uh, my son talked to you to set this up. He's 31, he'll be 31 in November, born in 89.
1: Me too. <laughs>
0: and, yeah, and uh, my daughter's born in 95. But anyway, so now, here you are today, obviously, you're, you're working hard, you're giving your story out, you're on YouTube, uh, and you're, you're living in Illinois?
1: I live in Chicago, go... in the Chicago suburbs. Um, I okay. have graduated with my bachelor's degree. I have a YouTube channel. I'm writing an autobiography. Good for
0: you. Congratulations. kid. Yes. I'm going to send you my book as well. Please. Uh, thanks redemption. I will send you a copy, a signed copy. Just send me your address. Uh, and it does very well. It's a crazy story in my whole life and you'll get that drift, but you know, write the book. Jess, please write the book. Uh, people will want to read about it. You got a story of toughness. You know, listen, you were a bad person, and you admit it. But you made bad choices. You were never a bad person. It's in you. Mm-hmm. Goodness is in you. It just we, we, we cloud it with bad choices. all. all. So I was a
1: shitty human and, being. There's no uh, yeah, glossing that, over yeah, that. I don't, I
0: don't buy that ever. I won't buy that. I'll buy that you were a person who did shitty things. A uh, person that didn't give a fuck about others. You didn't. It was all about getting high. We all know about addictions. But you were never, you know, obviously showed it the minute you were off drugs or the minute you even had a kid or knew you had a kid, you got off them on your own. It's not like they fucking strapped you down in a room and fucking, you know, gave you shit and they put you in shit that you read about. No, you did it because in here you knew. I got a fucking baby. That baby's in me. I can't fuck that baby. Your baby wasn't born addicted. And I feel, trust me, even if there are, I still think people change. They didn't know it. Addiction's a crazy shit. But mm-hmm. I wanted to just, you know, say that it, your story is amazing. Obviously, we did this is the longest interview. Actually, I did one with Paulie. Uh, we're doing more. Uh, but he did 28 years. He's a very close friend of mine. And uh, anyway, your story is amazing. I, I want to just say, even before ending, um, how I'm proud of you. I hate that. I don't like ever to say that and sound condescending because I never will because I, I treat whether it's a 13 year old kid or a 80 year old person I treat them with respect because I want respect back. That's how I live my life period and all the shit I did in my life. But I gotta say this. I'm so proud of you. I'm so I have such respect for you. One sticking to you who you are. You didn't rat. You didn't do anything like that. Even though forget all about that. It's you did something for another person, which is a human being, and it's gonna go well beyond what you've done for your daughter, because other people can gonna hear this story and have maybe a mom who was an addict or a dad or, a, or maybe they're in that, that realm, what you are in right now, and people are gonna hear it, you know, and they're gonna say, wow, I can do it too. And your, your, your story is a story of fucking great hope, redemption, uh, success, it is success and you went the rough route and you're not, and you're not making excuses for that rough route. Oh, I had a bad life. I don't ever to do that either. Never. And I just want to say that any, any last words you want to say to the audience?
1: Just thank you so much for watching this long ass interview. So if you made it to the end and Larry, thank you for having me. And, um, you know, At the end of the day you are stronger than you know and if i did all that stuff if i overcame that there's no reason why you can't just push forward and do everything you can to try to right some wrongs you know i I was a crappy person back in the day i would never say that i wasn't or, or try to make excuses um but it's what i'm doing today that kind of um helps me with all the junk I did in the past, I'm trying to balance out those karmic scales a little bit. But again, um, thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to interview for my channel. It's going to be an awesome one.
0: All right. Thank you very much again, Jessica. Good luck. Keep us posted. Uh, anything coming out, please, we'll, we'd love to help you or uh, try to help you point your book. Whatever you're going to do because your story need, needs to be told.
1: Thank you. All right,
0: everybody. This has been a great, great interview, one of the best. Uh, Please, if you wanna check her out, she has her own YouTube channel, just go to Jessica Kent. Uh, You know how to get it. It'll be a link in our description as well, to where, right to get where it is. And uh, we're gonna have a great time uh, uh, staying in touch with her. Check her out. Have a great day, everybody. Remember, make good choices. Today is the day you can make one good choice, and make one good choice every day, and you're you're gonna help somebody along the way. Have a great day, everybody. See you soon.